Let's get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. And welcome into a Friday morning edition of BetQL Daily, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app. It's free. Download it, won't you? Take us with you, whatever you're up to today. Uh, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's also where you get everything in rewind fashion or as a podcast. Download BetQL Daily wherever you get your podcast. Watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL or at YouTube, YouTube Odyssey Sports. We got a lot going on. I know it, it doesn't feel like it. There's only one hockey game on the slate. The NBA is at the break. There's not there's not really the Super Bowls in the rearview mirror now. There's not, there's nothing going on. Spring training games haven't started yet, J-Rod. What do we... What are we supposed to do? Oh, there's plenty. Don't worry. We've got plenty cooked up for you today. Chris Mack alongside Jim Rodriguez, Aaron and Joe, continuing to recover from what was a long NFL season. Doesn't well mean we won't talk football. Off. Yes, well-earned vacation. Doesn't mean we won't talk football today. Gino staying in Seattle, and it takes one more seat off the ride in the quarterback carousel but we will play quarterback matchmaking um we we won't do it with any goofy game show voices i promise we'll try not to anyway unless jake wants to jump in with a goofy game show voice jay rod if you'd like to do goofy game show voice you're by all means welcome to but we'll get into that in the final hour we will talk baseball rob manfred says "Mm, yeah i'll give myself a term limit kind of five years down the road rob brown host of bet for the cycle saturdays here on betql going to join us in the third and final hour. I mentioned just one hockey game on the slate tonight, but there's stadium series games this weekend. And of course, futures to talk with Ryan Gilbert of the Hockey Gambling Podcast. Also, Brendan Tobin, co-host of Tapped Out right here on the BetQL Network with uh, alongside Sean Levine. Brendan going to join us in about 20 minutes here to talk UFC 298. But J-Rod, let's start with this. Before we get to our bets, because we knew it would be a good night, we knew we'd bounce back. The GOAT, Caitlin Clark, breaks the record, breaks the all-time scoring record in women's college basketball, and doesn't just, you know, kind of break the record, doesn't just casually break the record. She smashes it, not just with 23 first-quarter points, but 40, uh, excuse me, a 40-footer to officially break the record that just, I mean, she just, she's at the peak, at the pinnacle of things right now. And you got to recognize the goat. Oh, absolutely. Because listen, how, how many times have we seen, you know, these record moments in basketball and they're so anticlimactic, it's maybe a free throw or just some random layup in the middle of a game. And you're like, okay, but this was a long three pointer. This was like a little bit past, you know, a little bit before mid court, you know, she, she drilled it and it just, it's par for the course with her. Right. She, you know, yeah. such a superstar. So ha- handles it so well. I, what gets me is for, is for being a young person, how mature she is. And, and, and I guess, it's, it's it sounds arrogant, and I'm not trying to be, but it it sounds you you can tell she understands her greatness. You can tell she's above everyone else in terms of talent and understands it and enjoys it and and really looked like she enjoyed the moment. It didn't almost yeah. it didn't look like relief. Sometimes it looks like relief for other people, like oh god, fine, finally that's over with. I can get going. It almost looked like just like yeah, this I'm enjoying it. And she had a lot of fun with it, and so did the crowd. 
Yeah, but you make a good point. She still seems pretty grounded for someone who's at her level, um, which, mm-hmm. again, especially at that age, when I was that age, I can't even share stories oh. of what I was doing at that age. No, it's right. not appropriate for the air. Uh, men's college basketball, Purdue holds off Minnesota, actually comes back on Minnesota. Uh, Perdon't. there's a reason we said that it's yesterday. ready for March. Yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's a little... Uh, it's a little appetizer to what we we expect in March, right? Uh, a little warm up <laughs> to when they won't be able to come back from double digits, uh, maybe in the tournament, and they blow one early. I, I don't wish that, by the way, Boilermaker fans. I don't wish that on you and your team for the third time in four years. It's just I'm done not expecting it. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, not a big card tonight in college basketball, so college hoops a little quiet. A big weekend. Uh, maybe we can get into that a little bit later if we have time. Uh, but our bets, we did well. The two of us, anyway, six and two combined, J-Rod, right? I mean, hockey did well for us. Um, the Warriors hit the money line. Uh, they did not get lost on the way to the All-Star break. In fact, Clay comes off the bench and drops 35. Um, the the one thing, here we go, the Bucks. Uh, three and seven now under Doc Rivers. His post game press conference. We had some guys here, we had some guys in Cabo. Man, look, Giannis was not happy previously, I think, because Giannis felt like he wasn't getting exactly what he wanted in scheme or in fit or anything like that with his head coach. So he gets Doc Rivers, and, and maybe he thinks, okay, Doc has dealt with superstars before, so Doc will know how to handle me, right? Me and Dame, yeah, sure. No, Doc, when you, when at the worst possible time, when they're three and seven since he took over, it's at the All-Star break, so everyone can really sort of chew and marinate and stew on this one. Over the next few days, it'll be the, the, the lone NBA uh, soundbite that people listen to today and maybe tomorrow as well. <laughs> Doc drops, some of us were here, some of us were in Cabo. This is quickly spiraling, and it doesn't feel like anybody's get, able to get their hands on the wheel right now, J-Rod, and pull the nose up on this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's It's one game in February of 82, but now... We're starting to see a pattern here. I mean, three and seven, and we had Sean Little on the show yesterday. Go back and listen to it, and and he he didn't seem as concerned as maybe I am. Uh, you know, as as a, as a person who enjoys Clipper basketball and saw Doc, you know, poop the bed in in, in so many of those series. Is, uh, you know, the Doc was meant to brought in was brought in to fix the defense for the Bucks, and the defense has been really good. You know, other than giving up 110 to the Memphis, 113 to the Memphis Grizzlies last night, um, but it's the offense that's out of whack. And I, I again, when you start, I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a pro move, it's a vet move by Doc calling out the players, you know, getting some accountability. But three and seven, and by the way, the Bucks have the third toughest second half schedule, yeah, in the NBA. They they still haven't seen. Denver. They haven't seen Oklahoma City. They haven't seen the Clippers. They still have to play Minnesota. They still have to play the Celtics. They still have to play the Cavaliers. You know, they've got 14 of their 26 games against those teams. 
we're, we'll get into you know who we're fading and what the second half looks like in the NBA. But I'm not too. If, if I'm a Bucks fan, I am my my finger is squarely hovering over that panic button. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and you're right. An hour from now, we'll get into some early looks at the NBA second half teams we like, players we like, the award markets. Uh, fades sounds like we both may be leaning in one direction in particular in the Eastern conference. And, uh, also maybe we'll make an early, we don't have to, we don't have to bet on it, but maybe an an early just for funsies NBA finals prediction as well. Um, the Genesis underway one round done at Riviera, not a great day for say, or Rory McElroy or a Max Homa. Uh, Patrick Cantlay has a great, what was it? First, 11 or 12, then start spraying the gallery in the final few holes. He's still seven under. He was on pace at one point. Felt like he was he might hit 60. Um, but he still ends up with a solid day and the first round lead. Jor- Jordan Spieth is my takeaway from the first day, J-Rod. Um, Will Zalatoris had a good first round as well. Uh, but as Jake just noted in the chat, will undoubtedly disappoint us this weekend, even though I've got a top 20 on him. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Zalatoris figures it out this weekend after a slow start this season. My takeaway, though, is Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth just looked Spieth-y, like calm, relaxed. He's He likes Riviera, right? He's comfortable there. He plays well there. So I, I'll remind everybody in Lightning Bets, but I already – Tapped it this morning. Speed top five at plus one seventy five, and to win at ten to one. Um, just a sprinkle on that because when everybody else seemed to be losing their heads yesterday, or a lot of people did, look really calm, cool, collected. Jordan Speed at Riviera. Yeah, it looked more like a pro am than it did in the first <laughs> round of the tournament, right? I mean, you guys, people were getting hit in the crowd. People were hitting trees. I see Tiger behind a tree, shanking stuff. I mean, Rory pulled a tin cup almost, you know, just an yeah. absolute meltdown. He dropped 54 spots in a seven-hole stretch. I mean, what an absolute nightmare. So you figure, okay, everybody got the got the yips out of the way. Uh, and even Cantley, who who was the leader, yeah, he struggled a little bit. So it'll be an interesting second round. You knew we, you knew it was going to be a day when Tiger birdied the first hole and all hell broke loose, thinking Tiger's going to win this thing. He birdied the first yeah. hole. So and then the back, it, 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 def- back it definitely was fun watching. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and then Tiger's back reminds him of just how old and beat up he is physically, and you know mm-hmm. it ends up being a seventy-two. Uh, so I mean, hey. If I'll look at it this way with Tiger, if we get Saturday and Sunday golf with Tiger and it's of any, you know, if, if, if it's just, if Tiger were to just play at even par all weekend and stay above the cut line and give us four rounds, I'd feel okay about that. Um, you know, I'm not a Tiger super fan, but it would just be nice to have him around on Saturday and Sunday. And then baseball news. I think this is worth talking about. Not the Orioles so much. I know Jake is already lighting his Orioles futures on fire because seemingly everybody in Baltimore camp is hurt. Uh, But Rob Manfred says he's staying through 2028. 2029, he will be gone. So he gives himself a little bit of a term limit here, right? Um, Rob Manfred, I think we all agree, not our favorite human in the world, right? Not our favorite ambassador, for the game of baseball, just on a, on a personal level. There's multiple words I could use, but I won't use them here on the air in fear of getting, uh, getting dumped. But 
Rob Manfred just is not a likable guy. I'll put it that way. That's the nice, easy way to put it. What he has done, though, J-Rod, and we agree on this much, is he brought pace of play initiatives in, they worked, and he finally got universal DH implemented. It was in the wake of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. and people had to see how it worked during that wonky little season in 2020. But he got both of those things implemented, for which, or it was a part of getting them implemented, I guess I should say. And for that, I am at least minimally grateful to Rob Manfred. Now, has he still failed to do anything about, you know, evening out uh, the, the salary structures from the tops? to the bottoms, the haves, and the have-nots? No. Has he encouraged those owners who don't want to spend money to spend any more? Has he put any more limits on those owners that will spend a quarter of a billion dollars without blinking? No. So there's still not nearly as much parity as there could be and as there is in the other three major professional sports. But I guess I'm trying to find the silver lining in Manfred's administration here, and I can come up with universal DH and pace of play. And for that, I guess we should be grateful that he got something done. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, remember, he works for the owners, right? That, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's his, he is at the beck and call of the owners. And at the end of the day, you know, the good has been really good. Pace of play, DH. The bad has been really bad. The A's are going to be nomads. The, the Astros cheating scandal and, and giving, giving those players basically immunity. And so nobody was held responsible. Huge extremes. But at the end of the day, baseball is more relevant and more popular than it's been in a generation. Okay, it's been 25 years since baseball's been popular. Okay, they had 70 million people go through the turnstiles last year. I think the World Baseball Classic has been one of those reasons. Baseball Mm -hmm. has become a global thing again. It's actually a fun, exciting, relevant sport. And that's all happened under Manfred. Now, you know, has, has it been because of, in spite or despite? The point is, it's been his watch. And he's deserving of another five years. Um, You know, yeah, you feel like you need to take a shower after you talk to the guy. But at the (laughs) end of the day, these things all have benefited the owners. The the game has never been healthier. It's never been more relevant, you know, in a generation. And I think that's because of Rob Manfred and his initiatives. Yeah, I think the game as a whole in, in a lot of places is in a good spot. You know, L.A., New York, Chicago. Uh, Houston and Dallas, uh, down there in Miami, even where granted the Marlins can, you know, can frustrate the fan base a good bit of the time before they break out once every eight or nine years as they're want to do. Um, I, I do still worry about it in some places like, well, obviously Oakland, uh, if they'll be in Oakland sure. to begin with, who knows what that looks like, because it doesn't look like, uh, they're exactly racing to build a ballpark in Las Vegas. Uh, I still worry about it in places like say, Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Baltimore has done a great job, I think, of getting out from underneath ownership and building something, but there are still those places where I think baseball could do more to encourage those owners in those markets to be more competitive more often. We will talk baseball with Rob Brown at the top of the third and final hour. Ryan Gilbert to talk Puck Stadium Series this weekend at 1020 Eastern. But coming up next, it is still a busy weekend. UFC, Brendan Tobin, co-host of Tapped Out here on the BeckQL Network, will join us here on BeckQL Daily. We'll be right back with BeckQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BeckQL Network.
One hour from now, Ryan Gilbert of the Hockey Gambling Podcast will join us. I know it's not a big NHL card tonight or really even this weekend, but we're only three weeks from the trade deadline. What are we looking for as we approach that and what teams are in it? Maybe worth buying some futures on, some award markets to discuss with Ryan as well. A little bit later in the show. We go in on baseball with pitchers and catchers reporting. Spring training games now just a week away. Rob Brown, host of Bet for the Cycle here on BetQL every Saturday, will join us at 11 Eastern. And some early looks at the NBA second half. Maybe we'll even throw some way too early just for funsies NBA Finals predictions at you at the top of the hour. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Watch us as well. On YouTube, Odyssey Sports, and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. Chris Mack, Jim Rodriguez, in for Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. They are off. And joined by another member of the BetQL Network, the co-host of Tapped Out. You can catch it in all those same outlets that I just mentioned inside your Odyssey app. You can download it. A fresh episode is there right now as Brendan and Sean Levine previewed UFC 298. Brendan, thanks for making the time, first of all. And let me ask you this, because when we come around to UFC, when we come back around to anything this time of year, after the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror for everybody, it feels like everybody sort of, well, taps back in to whatever other sports they really love. For you, it's UFC. If you get to tell somebody who hasn't watched MMA or UFC specifically in a while, why is 298, the card this weekend, the one to jump in on, and how do they bet it? Man, I, I would say it's stacked. You know, so every fight uh, that you would pay for is is going to be a banger. You have a lot of former champions on here, some of the most elite guys that are doing it in the sport, and you have one of the best pound-for-pound fighters right now in Alexander Volkanovsky, who is – you know, kind of on the borderline of does he still have it? Is he going to continue his reign of dominance of being one of the best featherweight champions of all time? Or do you think that this is going to be, you know, was his loss last year to Islam Makachev? Was that a sign of things to come um, because he took his first knockout loss? And so that's been the interesting thing because the line's been a little bit seesaw on this one with Volkanovski and Saporia because, there was a lot of momentum of people kind of going against Alexander Volkanovsky. Then, you know, people started seeing, well, I'm getting Volkanovsky as a dog. So then there was a lot of money coming on him. So now he's a slight favorite over Taporia. So it's been a really fascinating main event to, uh, to go see. But, boys, I, I, look, I've, I, and, you know, the guys will tell you this on Tapped Out, I, I have a very hard time parting with the guys who have been reigning over a division for a very long time. I almost need to see it with my eyes before I'm ready to just crown the new hot thing. And that is certainly what Taporia has been. He's been trying to get his Conor McGregor on, you know, snatching the belt yesterday at the press conference, walking around with it uh, during media week. He's, you know, talking about fighting Conor McGregor in Spain. So this guy is trying to, to build up this fight in a great way. Volkanovski's taken a lot of time, you know, poking fun at his age and has done commercials, you know, dressed with the old man cap and a sweater and fell asleep, you know, feigned falling asleep yesterday at the, uh, at the press conference. So he's had a lot of good fun with it. But, you know, the, the, the true dynamics are of it. Volkanovski doesn't lose at this division. You know, 145, he has reigned over it. He's beaten the best to do it. Brian Ortega, a trilogy with Max Holloway. He's so hard and especially over five rounds to just put away. 
he took that last fight over Makachev on 10 days' notice. He got head kicked. He, you know, he made a mistake. He said he was drinking a lot in the lead-up to it. I'm giving him a mulligan on it, not only because of the short-notice turnaround, but also it's a weight class up. Over five rounds, if he can get out of the first round with this one, usually he gets better as the fight goes on. And so that's where, that's where I'm looking on this. And I'm looking for him right now at, at winning this one by decision, which is around plus 250 right now. And uh, I think Alexander the Great reigns that featherweight and, and keeps his belt. Brother, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Volkanovski, you know, is making his case as the greatest featherweight of all time in in the UFC. It's 12-0 and 0 in that division at the UFC. The only question I have, and I get it, I get all the butts. He took a fight at 12 days notice. He went up in weight. He got caught. But that was four months ago. I mean, the guy was asleep on uh, in Abu Dhabi. I mean, we we all like to be taking a nap on an island, but not in the middle of a championship fight four months ago. Is there any hangover from that that you're worried about? I honestly, I'm not too worried about that. You know, it was it was a quick fight. Um, I'm I, I usually you know get worried more of like of a guy took a fight, a lot of damage. Did he give himself the proper recovery? The fact that, you know, he wasn't burnt out in a camp sparring. He basically just got off the couch and did this. I think he's going to be okay. I don't think this is going to be one of those where, oh, uh, there's still a lingering effect. The, the guy's psychotic. He's even talking about if he wins this fight, turning around and fighting in April. Um, so that doesn't worry me too much. You know, the thing I guess you just have to worry about is he has shown now a vulnerability to be knocked out, and Taporia has some real thunder in his hands. I mean, the guy is versatile, and he does have a lot of weapons at his disposal. Um, it's just a matter of can he get to Volkanovski, and I think can he get to Volkanovski quick. You know, he has proven himself over over five rounds in his last fight, Taporia. But I think the thing that I, I worry about is you're not taking on a Josh Emmett. All respect to Josh Emmett. You're taking on this guy who has been in there with the best of the best, and typically just get stronger as the fights go on. Even in his first fight against Islam Makachev, I mean, this is a guy, you know, going up a weight class and ended up on top of Makachev, and a lot of people thought that he beat him and should be a, should be a two-division champion. So it's just a matter of that, that cardio continuing to go. He's a very, very smart fighter. Even for his short height, has a, has a very uh, deceptive reach. He usually has a reach advantage on a lot of these featherweights. He has a slight one on Taporia, too. So... Um, I'm not worried about the knockout. I, that's 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 not what it is. It's just a matter of, you know, does did Taporia see something there that he could take advantage of, and can he get to it early? Brendan Tobin, co-host of Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. You can also catch him, Tobin and Leroy, Monday through Friday, middays, uh, inside your Odyssey app and on social media, at Brendan underscore Tobin. What else is there on the undercard, Brendan, that we should have an eye on? Like, I see... I just look, again, as a novice at MMA and UFC, I scroll down, I look at the odds, I look at the rankings of the fighters, right? And I see at Bantamweight, we've got Davalishvili against Cejudo, two and three, right? But we've got a pretty good number on Cejudo. There's value there. Is that one to watch out for? What other undercard bouts do you have an eye toward betting? There are people who uh, who like the value on Cejudo for sure because he is, uh, you know, this is one of the most decorated champions of all time. The thing that I don't like about it with Cejudo, so this kind of goes back to, you know, their last performances. And when you ask me, well, what worried me? The last time around, I just think Cejudo, he came off already a very early retirement, comes back, and in his last fight, I just didn't feel like he had any extra gear. And we got to see a lot of Henry Cejudo. And I just, 
I think that was the interesting thing is like, man, I don't know if this guy just has it anymore. You know, he stepped away from the sport. He comes back. And, and the thing with Marab, you know, maybe it was against a different opponent, but I think the thing with Marab is he's such a tough guy to beat. He hasn't shown any weaknesses. He's been, dom- been more dominant in the last fights that he's been going through. And in all honesty, guys, he probably should be fighting for the championship. You know, the championship is going to be decided in Miami next month with Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera. The only reason that's the championship right now is it's more of a, a hyped grudge match. Cheeto has a win over Sean O'Malley, but he doesn't deserve the fight over Marab. Marab is, is very much the uncrowned number one contender right now. And I, I just don't have enough stones to put on Sudo, even at the value. Now, if there's a guy you want to look at as value, I will look to Comain with Paulo Costa versus Robert Whitaker because Paulo Costa is about a two-to-one underdog right now. Robert Whitaker, you know, took a pretty brutal loss his last time around against DDP. And the thing with Whitaker is he's been such an interesting character. This guy's been at the top of the middleweight division for a very long time. But he's also been a guy who has wanted to, how long does he want to do this? How long does he want to stick around the sport? The beating that he took from DDP, I almost worry about a little bit more. <laughs> if you're talking about guys who may be moving on in their careers, Whitaker being this heavy of a favorite concerns me. Costa, I get it for people who say, how the hell can you trust Paulo Costa? The guy will drink wine during a fight week and say there's conspiracies around and people spiking his drinks. I get that. But I just look at that and I say, man, Whitaker got pieced up the last time around. I'm getting some pretty good value on Paulo Costa there. And so if I'm going to ride with anybody, the best value play of the night, the best dog of the night on the main card, Costa's the guy that I look at because of the way Whitaker lost his last fight, where he's at his career. Costa coming off fresh. He's had a pretty drama-free week. I like him at that number. Yeah, the, the only thing about Costa, and you're right, right, you know, you never know what you're going to get. The guy hasn't fought in, you know, a year and a half. That's the only thing, which could also tell you, hey, he's fresh. You know, we saw the beating that, that, that Whitaker took a, a, as well. When when you when you look at at, at the co-main at Whitaker and, and Costa, it almost feels like it's a loser leave town match, right? Because one's thirty three, the other's thirty two. They're definitely on the back nine, and and considering who the champion is in DDP in, in, in Duplessis, I don't think anybody's going to beat him for a while. Certainly with Whitaker, I, I, I agree with you, man. Like I think that you know Whitaker has losses now to basically the top two middleweights in Adesanya and. With DDP, so you're you're in a spot where you're him. You're like, well, what do I do to get back to the title shot? Whereas Costa, you know, a little bit of fresh blood. He has lost to, to Adesanya, but DDP is not. So there is some freshness there. He's probably got more of this being a number one contender than Robert Whitaker does, which stinks for Whitaker because this guy's you know basically lost to the champion uh, before he was champion, and he's lost to Adesanya twice. So. Whitaker's resume is, is absolutely stunning, which is why he is such a heavy favorite. and People trust him more than they did Paolo Costa. But it was very similar to the lines the last time around against DDP, where people were like, come on, Whitaker basically has only lost to Adesanya, and then he didn't. Then he lost to Dracus Duplessis. So, it, yes, it, there is a little bit of trust that you have to have in, in betting a Paolo Costa because he's got to, you know, make weight and he's got to make sure there's all drama. There just hasn't been a lot of that so far this week. So I like the way where Paolo Costa's head's at. He seems like he's in a pretty positive mind frame him, uh, yesterday at the press conference. So that's why I'm trusting him. It, it, it is definitely, I may feel foolish, you know, come Saturday night uh, when, I, when we're getting ready for the main event. But I, I think there's just something about this at, at that number. I just think it's too tasty to pass up for me 
when it comes to uh, to Paulo Costa. Great stuff, Brendan. We appreciate the time, man. Brendan Tobin, co-host of Tapped Out on the BetQL Network with Sean Levine. Follow him on social at Brendan underscore Tobin. They've got a fresh episode up previewing everything on the UFC 298 card. And, of course, you can get that YouTube, like I said, or inside your Odyssey app. Download it as a podcast today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Brendan, thanks again for making the time this morning, man. Take care, guys. You too. Uh, again, any anything else in the UFC world, we will check in with Brendan. But if you guys want to stay up to date, if you're more of a, a an MMA novice and you're just looking to get into it and how to bet it, then definitely highly recommend Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network, either in video form on YouTube or, like I said, in audio form inside your Odyssey app. J-Rod, uh, this one out in Southern California, but they'll be in your neck of the woods for two ninety nine, right? Yeah, it's it's funny because the UFC 299 will be here in Miami, and then obviously the big one, UFC 300, uh, will be in Vegas. It's funny because Miami had always been such a bad market for Dana White. I mean, I asked Dana, I said, why don't you guys come to South Florida? And he, he told me, listen, they, they buy all the merch. They watch the shows, they buy all the pay-per-views, but nobody goes to the events. And that's always been a knock on sort of Miami customers, that they don't actually go to the event. Well, they had an event here uh, four or five months ago. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, who was a local, he w- he was the main event. Adesanya was there, and it was an absolute mega hit. Donald Trump was there. Kid Rock was there. It was absolutely uh, amazing. And now Miami is now on the rotation and on the radar and it's back. So, so we're happy to see that, you know, when you look, if, if you're into that world, all the big gyms, all the big dojos, whatever you want to call them, they're, most of them are here in South Florida. They, you know, mm-hmm. they're here, they're all training out here. So it just makes sense that, they, that there would be an audience for that. And uh, UFC is amazing. And then of course there's boxing coming up. Canelo Alvarez uh, saying that he's going to fight uh, May 4th. He didn't say who he was going to fight. He said it was going to be an American. So that will be, whether it's Benavidez, whether it's Charlo, we're hoping it's Munguia. Be, can you imagine Mexican versus Mexican Cinco de Mayo weekend in Vegas? That would be, that would be amazing. But Canelo, be wild. no one can tell Canelo what to do, so, which is good and bad, I guess. And, of course, if you hablo, then uh, J-Rod's got you covered on the Spanish side for all the fight stuff, too, both boxing and MMA. Yeah, yeah we, got, you we got a little J-Rod. Spanish version of things. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, uh, coming up. <laughs> Second half of the NBA season is days away. We got the all-star break, but what do we like for the second half? Like, let's make some early predictions, too. We'll look at the award markets again. We've done that over the last couple of days as we've gone division by division, catching you up on the Western Conference this week. Maybe we'll do Eastern Conference divisions next week, division by division. But what teams do we like? Who are we fading after that conversation about Doc and the Bucks earlier? I know who I'm fading. that. That's coming up in 20 minutes. Ryan Gilbert in 40 minutes to talk puck from the Hockey Gambling Podcast. But coming up next, Draymond Green clearly hates someone. And I don't mean like competitively dislike someone. Draymond Green hates someone. And a famous YouTube personality did something that I just, I can't wrap my brain around. And we'll try to understand it. We go off the board next on BetQL Daily. Draymond Green hates, like, all caps, H-A-T-E-S, hates someone. Hate, 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 hate. Uh, If you remember the old Chappelle Show sketch, you'll recognize that reference. If not, 
never mind. Uh, we'll get into it in a second. We'll let you hear exactly what he had to say, Draymond, on his podcast. Speaking of the NBA, 20 minutes from now, we take an early look at the second half. Teams we like, players we like, award markets, teams were fading or players were fading, and maybe a way too early NBA Finals pick as well. Uh, Ryan Gilbert in 40 minutes to talk hockey, stadium series games in the New York area this weekend, and then back into baseball later in the show with pitchers and catchers reporting in spring training games a week away. Rob Brown of Bet for the Cycle at 11 a.m. Eastern. But let's start here. You would think that, you know, a fresh relationship, J-Rod, a couple would go off to Vegas together. My wife and I got engaged in Vegas. It was lovely. I got married in Vegas. See, Vegas is a fun city. People go there. They have a good time, especially Super Bowl week, right? Nope. Right. No, not Sean Evans. And you're like, Sean Evans, I, who is that? Why do I know that? Do I know that name? He's the guy that hosts Hot Ones, the, sh- the YouTube show, right? It, it, he eats wings with celebrities while he interviews them. It's always entertaining. Like, I think he does pretty good interviews. It's more about the viral clips that get thrown out there that end up becoming memes of people unable right. to handle the heat of the hot, 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 hottest sauces. But here nor there, Sean Evans was dating Melissa Stratton. You don't know the name, um, depending on how or much maybe time you, you spend do. On, <laughs> depending or on how much time you, you spend do. online, you may know what she or parts of her look like. Let's put it that way. Um, because Melissa works in the adult film industry. Well, mm-hmm. Sean Evans and Melissa Stratton were dating and looking very cozy, as they call it, in the tabloids, right? Out in Vegas. Pictures on social media. They were at Super Bowl parties. They were at one of the same Super Bowl parties. Gordon Ramsay, big Gordon Ramsay fan. Um, right, right. And then apparently just days later on Valentine's Day, he breaks up with her. Hot Ones guy breaks up with adult film star. You don't need names anymore. Hot Ones guy breaks up with adult film star via text because he didn't like the attention they got while they were in Vegas, she had posted some pictures to her social media, totally normal pictures that like boyfriend and girlfriend would take while they're together in Vegas, like nothing crazy. Um, And he didn't like that. According to a report, he contacted her on Valentine's day and broke up with her saying he wanted to end the relationship. J rod quote, due to the media attention they were receiving. He had made it very clear to her that he wanted their romance to remain under wraps. Bro, you're the hot ones guy. Everyone knows your show. A lot of people probably recognize you when you're out in Vegas with other famous people at Super Bowl parties. People were going to know that you were with her. They were going to see you together. What are you... This this smells, J-Rod, like somebody in his family or one of his friends. Like... They said to him, hey, um, you, you know what she does for a living, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. And they were like, no, 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 no. Let me show, hold on. You know what she does. Let me show you this. And yeah. And then he went, oh, 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 I didn't know it was all that. That's what this smells like to me. Homeboy got scared off by her job. Listen, I, I do not believe for a minute that he didn't know what she did or didn't know 
the extent of what she does. You know, maybe people were telling me maybe he maybe he thought she was a model or an influencer or mm. had an OnlyFans, but didn't know that she was full blown hardcore porn star. BS. Of course he did. Okay. Listen, every guy has a fantasy of dating, for lack of the other ing word, a porn star. Okay. Everybody wants to do it until you do it. And then you realize, oh my God, <laughs> you know, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Some of my fit, some of my best friends are porn stars, but the point is, I think when you look at her social media, it's pictures of them both. When you look at his social media, it's just him. Actually, there's more of him and Gordon Ramsay than anybody else. Maybe that's another story, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, whether it's a PR company, whether it's a sponsor or somebody said, listen, Porn star with the heart of gold has got to go because it's bad for business. <laughs> and it sucks. It sucks that, 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 you know, that he did it that way. But, 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 but what did you think, man? What did you think? You know, yeah, I'm, with, again, I'm, I'm with not trying, I'm not trying to one. bash her. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be misogynist here. I'm just saying, you know, cause he's, he's, he is the a-hole here. Not necessarily her. He's the a-hole here for thinking, well, bro, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, I'm with and, Jay right here. I think it's Chris. I don't think you're far off thinking he didn't know. Or like what I I think he knew. I think he could handle all that. I think it's he couldn't handle the group chat getting after him. Or he couldn't yeah, handle he Twitter. Like that is he couldn't handle people razzing him. Like he that he wanted like, to keep under wraps. Like I'm fine with what you do, but I don't want to be made fun of because I have this show and people like I like when people make memes of my show of other people. I don't want to be on the receiving end of the razzing and the jokes. And then he couldn't handle it. That's what it says to me. That's so. That's kind of the point I was trying to 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 lean towards here. Is it, this this smells like bro is soft, like S A W F T. In that he 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 wanted this, like you said, J Rod, and he knew what she did. But I but what I mean by he didn't know the extent of of what she did is that he didn't know the extent of how much everybody else knew what she right. did right. like you said jake like his boys are sharing screenshots in the group chat all of a sudden and it's like come on guys you don't have to do that i mean but, but like yeah the, you gotta there was, be there, there's another there's another youth famous youtuber who has a wife who is a porn star and and he commented on his uh on on sean's social media saying hey you're a girl, and he didn't use girl, but you know, and he used the fire emoji. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, he just I said, "Hey, wait a minute," you know. It was too much. Yeah, that was cra- that was crazy to tweet. That was insane. You can't be doing I that. Mean, there was no subtlety at all in that. Zero. Uh, well, I mean, it just it, the way it went from zero to sixty to then slamming on the brakes all over again. Like, hey, we're gonna be out together in Vegas to then. Two days later on Valentine's Day, I'm breaking up with you via text. Uh, well, he's not, a jerk for he, doing he, that. I mean, that's he wasn't be a man. He wasn't ready for all that smoke. He wasn't. He wasn't ready for all that smoke, J. Rod. Um, I'm unfollowing of... hot ones right now. Listen, <laughs> in, in 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 terms of support, I'm going to unfollow him and I'm going to follow her purely for support and you're not measures. Just 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 to support, yeah, moral support to support right? women to be on the side of right. women, all women. That's right. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. Um, and I swipe over the media Jerk tab man. and I scroll down. Whoa. Hey, yeah, he is. Um, what is this? Fireball? Speaking, <laughs> speaking of people that don't want the smoke or maybe they do Draymond green hates capital H A T E S hates Yusuf Yurkic. Uh, th- these two, 
You remember the flailing about from Draymond that was really just a sneaky way to throw a punch. He gets the suspension. He sits out for a while, uh, starts going through the anger management counseling or whatever it was. Well, Draymond apparently still has that hate in his heart for Yurkic. Listen, listen, listen to this from his podcast. And yeah, so just to go questioning my character, I thought was whack. But like guys, guys are making a habit out of that. Um, him and Kevin questioned my character before, you know, as if you go question somebody's character about a basketball game, as if this not real life, as if that don't affect people's pockets. Like, I think all of it was really cowardly, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, I did what I did. I take my stuff on the chin. We spoke about that. I still stand on that. I meant every word I said about it. But if you want to know the truth about that, I think all of it was cowardly. I think... You know, you start going to question somebody's character in front of the whole world. It's whack. So I think they all whack, both of them, if you want my honest opinion. Whack, soft, J-Rod. He's not just talking about Yusuf Nurkic there either. He's he's lumping KD into that pile as well. This could make for, uh, if Golden State's able to sneak their way into the playoffs, uh, an interesting little uh, meetup on the court later this spring. But it, look. Dr- Draymond has to understand that he just rubs people the wrong way in the way that he acts. Sure. And Nurkic is one of those people. Nurkic is not here to listen to his, whether they're just apologies, whether they're excuses, whatever you want to call them. He doesn't want to have anything to do with Draymond Green. And furthermore, he's not going to sit here and and be forced to sort of placate Dre's ego by oh, yeah, I know, you just lashed out, and you just had to undergo some counseling and a suspension. You're fine now. We all know this is just who Draymond Green is. Right. Well, the, listen, to, to quote, to, we, since we were breaking down MMA and, and boxing last segment, this this one, uh, Nur- Nurkic, I, I give it a 10-9 round just for Nurkic's tweet. After all that was <laughs> said, Nurkic tweet, tweeted back to, to, to Draymond, all good, bad boy, just don't stay long on the podcast. You're going to be late for your therapy session. That's it. That's it. That's it. Rounds over. We have a winner. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Back to your corners. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Nurkic wins that one. So yeah. Draymond's Draymond. But did you feel that that was a little Chappelle, Rick James? Yeah, I did what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I, why would I stump my feet on somebody's white couch? Yeah. I stumped my feet on somebody's white couch. (laughs) Yeah. I stumped my feet (laughs) on a couch. Yeah. No, it's Draymond's memory. He is, he is a, 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 a reference for everybody with kids of a certain age. He is Dory from Finding Nemo. He's got short-term memory <laughs> loss. Every 30 seconds, he turns around and goes, Hi, I'm Draymond. Nice to meet you. I'm a totally cool dude. And then he, you know, hits somebody in the junk or flails around and smacks somebody in the face and goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I just, that's, you know, I'm so, I, I, maybe if I sit out for a few games or go to some counseling or some therapy, I'll be okay. Hi, my name's Draymond. Nice to meet you. And he punches someone in the face by <laughs> Like, that's, just, he's got short-term memory loss. He's Dory. And he doesn't want to remember. There's such a long history now. People aren't going to forget that you are Draymond and that's the way you play. What, again, I am here for, J-Rod is if they meet the Suns again. Because I don't think they have the Suns on the regular season schedule down the stretch, the Warriors do. But Warriors-Suns in the playoffs, if we could cook that one up, now that KD has been dragged into this, and KD hates drama. Oh, he'll never fire back. Yeah. Oh, give me the drama. Get me my burner. Get me my (laughs) burner immediately. Get me my burner. Yes. Hmm. 
XYZ642. Yep, that's me. That's me. Um, oops, logged <laughs> into the wrong Twitter me. again. Uh, speaking of the NBA, what do we expect from this second half once we push through the All-Star break this weekend? Teams we like, value on maybe award markets, and who are we fading? That's all next on BetQL Daily.